Welcome to Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. Here's your host, Ben Wilson. Welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. I'm your host, Ben Wilson, and I'm here with my sidekick, Rodney, as usual. And I'm joined once again by my friend Scott Tudor as we talk the world of professional wrestling. And in today's episode, we're going to give a recap on the WWE Royal Rumble and kind of talk about how WWE got started in 2020 and the current storylines as we head to the road to WrestleMania. So, Scott, thanks for coming on the show again. Good morning, Ben. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. So... I tell you what, uh, that Royal Rumble was fantastic in my opinion, and I'm looking forward to talking with you today about the the matches. Um, I guess overall, um, what was your take on um, on Royal Rumble, just overall? Overall, I think it was a very uh, redeeming pay-per-view for WWE. Uh, you know, I can't talk too bad about the last uh, couple they've had, though. Uh, Survivor Series was actually pretty good, and... Uh, NXT War Games was, was excellent as we covered in the last episode, but uh, Royal Rumble to me was, was better than it's been in several years. Uh, I think that the storylines and the, the way that it played out was was very creative and very good this time. Yeah, I agree. I thought overall it was, it was excellent. So, well, let's go ahead and get started uh, with the Royal Rumble recap, and we're going to get started with the Men's Royal Rumble. And it started out kind of unique this year where um, you know, the champion normally comes in toward the end. And, of course, Brock Lesnar wanted to start number one. So he, start, he started this match number one in the Men's Royal Rumble. And uh, basically he came out and was absolutely dominant um, at the very start. I mean, he was number one. Elias came out, which I do like the new Elias character. I like the fact that... Um, that he is um, a fan favorite because he was really over with the, the, the fans. But, uh, you know, he tried to pick a fight with Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar and kind of make fun of him a little bit. And uh, bottom line is he didn't last too long. So he got eliminated right away. And the, one, uh, the next guy was Eric Rowan from Raw. And I was actually very surprised. He got eliminated almost immediately. Um, I mean, he got a little bit in on Lesnar, but... I kind of thought they'd let these guys go a little bit with them both being huge guys. I mean, what was your take on that? Well, I, I really love the whole uh, beginning of it with Lesnar and Elias, like you were talking about. And that's part of Elias's charm. Him getting dominated and, and uh, eliminated quickly, I don't think it hurt his character for what he's going for. But Eric Rowan, I was completely disappointed because I wanted to see the two big brutes go at it, and I was hoping that Eric Rowan could get a little bit of a, uh, you know, a push there uh, if he could have gotten a few big shots in on Lesnar and, and maybe a, a, a big move or two. I think that would have sold his character a little bit more, and I think Eric Rowan needs that because he's, he's a big, strong guy. I agree, and, you know, honestly, this whole thing with, with Eric Rowan carrying um – this thing in the crate, some type of animal or something. It's really not, um, it's not getting over with me. I think it's very weird, which Eric Rowan's character is kind of weird anyway. But um, right. I'm just not a huge fan of that. And I, I really thought they missed an opportunity there to let, um, you know, the two big guys go and kind of give Eric Rowan some push. But um, Well, the way Corey Graves was uh, selling it, 
you know, if you listen, go back and listen to Corey Graves, he's talking about how he can't wait to see these two big guys get at it and all this and that, and, and then all of a sudden Lesnar just drops him. I was I, I was very disappointed. So you're going to have to educate me on this thing that Rowan's carrying because that was, I guess I've been missing it on uh, the regular programming. So what is that all about? Do you, is there well, any he, idea there? Yeah, when he stepped away from, um, from Daniel Bryan's team, and was on his own. They have this gimmick where he's basically carrying like a it's like a pet crate, almost, and he's carrying it down. And it's got a cover over it, um, like a, a a knapsack kind of cover over it. And apparently, it's some type of frightening item in there. And because people have looked in there and they're just like horrified with what they see. And of course, if anybody gets close and wants to look at it and show it to the crowd, then then uh, Rowan goes over there and just you know demolishes whoever is there. But it's just very odd because, I mean, Rowan's character is odd anyway. And I think it was a, a, a tremendous step back from when he was kind of getting that push with um, with matches with Roman Reigns because he is um, a talented performer. But I just – and he doesn't have an opponent. He's been just going in and doing squash matches. So he's one of these guys that really doesn't have a direction right now. And I thought um, the quick elimination – with Lesnar on Rowan, just it, it did no favors for him at all. Right, I agree a hundred percent. It killed him. Yeah. So then, um, and you know, Lesnar, I mean, he's eliminating guys one by one before the the ninety seconds um, ends before another competitor comes in. So number four was Robert Roode, who came in, and um, you know, with him, it was Robert Roode, John Morrison, and until that, I mean, they were eliminating Roode, Morrison. Very easily, they come in and get a few shots, and then all of a sudden, you know, Lesnar eliminates him. And I was really surprised, especially with John Morrison being eliminated so early, because he's new. Um, he's back to WWE, new. They've been giving him a push over New Day. So I was a little surprised about that. Um, what was your take on that? Yeah, I was a little shocked, because they're tr- they're trying to push Morrison. And even, like, uh, last night, I caught a little bit of SmackDown, and it looks like they're pushing Morrison and Miz to go for a a uh, title run or at least challenge for the title. And you have thought, and I, I was also disappointed with Robert Roode because I've, I've been a huge Robert Roode fan for years. I was a big fan of him when he was over at TNA. And I just kind of think that, you know, when he first came in, he made a splash and then now they're mid carding So I wish they wouldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it did any of these guys any favors at all for those quick eliminations. But, um, you know, I thought Michael Cole made a good point in the commentary, though. This this whole idea of Lesnar um, coming in and just dominating people right away was uh, and eliminating them right away. Um, he's like, you know, hey, people criticize Brock Lesnar for not being a regular fighting champion. And he only kind of fights on the, the big pay-per-views and stuff like that. And they were saying, but but he doesn't need to explain it to anybody else. This is why he is so dominant. He doesn't have to. But I was thinking about that, and I was like, you know, if you go back to the 80s when Hulk Hogan was WWE champion, Hogan didn't fight on all the Monday night um, matches uh, or the weekly shows. I mean, Hogan would only fight if it was um, like a big pay-per-view match or uh, Saturday night's main event on NBC. And it, and the whole right. marketing behind it was, hey, if you want to see Hulk Hogan, you've got to pay the money for the pay-per-view. Now, I don't know what his schedule was on the on – the, um, the, pers- the, the live matches and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if it was reduced or the, or the same, but that's kind of how they're 
doing it with Brock Lesnar, and I don't really have a problem with it. Um, and this booking was consistent with that. Yeah. Now, supposedly, the thing about Hogan was he did a lot of house shows. Back in the day, back in the 80s and early 90s, everything wasn't televised, and of course we didn't have the internet, so you couldn't stream every single match that they had. So, you know, I, I personally saw Hogan several times at Robert Stadium in Evansville, Indiana, when he was carrying the belt, and he was uh, touring the country fighting Sergeant Slaughter when Sergeant Slaughter was a uh, Iraq uh, sympathizer, and like the Big Boss Man when he and uh, Big Boss Man had their feud going on. So Hogan, you're exactly right, Hogan did not defend on television unless it was a pay-per-view or a Saturday Night's May event or some kind of special uh, thing that McMahon put together for TV because you never saw him on primetime or uh, TNT or Tuesday Night Titans or any of that stuff. But uh, I think Hogan's saving grace there was he did have a rigorous schedule traveling to the what we now call uh, house shows or dark matches. Yeah. So, um, anyways, so we've gone through the first five competitors. And for those who aren't familiar with um, the Royal Rumble, it's uh, it's 30 competitors uh, in the match. And um, they, you'd have a new competitor come in every 90 seconds. So, one through five, basically Brock Lesnar's eliminated every one of those, uh, the guys two through five, um, within a, just like 30 seconds of them getting in the match. So, very quick. The next competitor coming in at number six is Kofi Kingston. And Kofi comes in as, you know, kind of the rematch of him versus Lesnar. And, of course, Lesnar got the title by basically a squash match over over, Co- over Kofi. And they let Kofi get some, some punches in and some moves and stuff. I mean, Lesnar started to dominate. But they, they didn't let him get eliminated early, which I liked. Then that was followed by Rey Mysterio, who Rey's had a recent battle with with Brock and um, you know, got some moves in. And, and then Big E came in. So you had the two members of the New Day in. And I like the fact that that uh, they and uh, Mysterio, you know, kind of teamed up and were trying. They were getting some moves on Lesnar, but ultimately the the Great White Shark arose and eliminated him pretty quickly. But I did like the fact that they at least gave you know Ray and the, the New Day some time against Lesnar to get some punches in and some moves in. Yes, I agree with that, and I, and I am totally for the booking that they had Lesnar dominate, like, what was it, the first 13 or yeah. 12 people? I mean, I, I'm totally for that because, let's be honest, in realistic time, it would be hard to get Brock Lesnar over a top rope. Let's just be honest. The guy weighs 300 pounds, and he's not fat. You know, he's he's a just a extraordinary athlete, and just, you know, he has legit experience. He's a real deal. He was UFC heavyweight champion. He was a 106-5 and five in NCAA heavyweight wrestling. He's been multiple-time WWE heavyweight wrestling champion. I mean, let's be honest. He would be one of the hardest ones to get over the top. So I, I think they booked it correctly. And I think that, uh, you know, without giving too much away at this stage in our conversation, I think that they booked it correctly to still make him look like a monster with the outcome that we that we got. Yeah, and that's as was going back to what Michael Cole was saying about the fact that, you know, Lesnar doesn't defend every week because he doesn't have to because the whole theory was there aren't that many guys in in WWE that can legitimately challenge him uh, from a physical standpoint. So 
But, you know, they allowed Big E to get, like, his big ending in and, and stuff. But um, I, So I was glad to see that. But uh, So anyway, he eliminates Rey Mysterio, Kofi Kingston, and Big E. Um, so he's eliminated two through eight. Next in is Cesaro. Um, you know, Cesaro got eliminated pretty quickly. I mean, he hit some big forearms and stuff. Um, I am kind of disappointed with where they're booking Cesaro right now. I really don't like um, the pairing with him and Sh uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn because he's really kind of, he's almost being a jobber, and he, he's too talented for that. So I, I don't really like that. I agree, man. Why? What happened to the bar? Why? Why do we not have the bar anymore? I actually love them as a tag team. Well, Sheamus got hurt for a while, and of course, Sheamus recently came back. So I guess that that's one reason. But uh, I mean, they were Cesaro is just too good to be doing jobs for people. Agreed. Agreed. He's an amazing athlete. He's freakishly strong. He's got a good character. They they need to get him back above, at least mid card or above. Like ASAP, they need to do something with him because he's money. Yeah, well, you know, we'll get into it a little bit later. But based on SmackDown last night, I mean, it doesn't look like that. That's any there's any uh, plan to change that right now. But um, so anyway, he gets eliminated. Next guy in is uh, Sheldon Benjamin, and uh, Sheldon Benjamin's a guy. He's kind of like Cesaro. You know, he's a talented guy, but um, he's been basically a jobber. But I did think it was kind of a funny thing, and it's. It expands on the character of Brock Lesnar because I will tell you, I think Brock Lesnar right now is fantastic. I think also recently he showed more personality, um, even like when he was doing stuff, I guess it was with Seth Rollins, and he was like even taking the radio around and you know showing more personality and things like that. <laughs> so they did, right. a, they did a pairing where Shelton Benjamin and um, um, Brock Lesnar, they were college wrestling teammates at University of Minnesota. And so the idea was, hey, we're going to pair up and we're just going to you know, eliminate everybody kind of as a team and thought that was going to work. And, of course, Shelton goes for it. And then, of course, um, you know, Brock eliminates him right away. <laughs> I, I loved – I'm with you 100% that I loved Brock's character on this, but I am highly disappointed that – he and Sheldon just didn't tear it down because Sheldon is also a great, superb athlete and a tough guy. And a big guy. And a, and a big guy. I mean, you saw how big he was when he and Brock uh, embraced in the middle of the ring. You're like, wow. You know, I think a lot of people would probably be surprised if they actually paid attention to that part of it. Sheldon was not, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's no way that Lesnar could look down on him and he wasn't a whole lot bigger than him, you know. And uh, Shelton's got the legit background. He was a supreme wrestler in the NCAAs. He was a super superb athlete. And I, I just think WWE has never booked him correctly. I, you know, back in the day, he and uh, Charlie Haas were a, a successful tag team. And, I, you know, I liked Charlie Haas back in the day, too. But I, I liked what Lesnar did there and what they did with that whole thing. But I was disappointed in... Shelton getting eliminated so quickly. I actually wish that they would have worked as a team for a little bit, and then Lesnar would have turned on him. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, so the next person in is uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, um, and he came in as the Intercontinental Champion. And he, you know, he got a few licks in, got some good kicks in. Um, I mean, didn't last too long. 
Um, they were consistent with, hey, everyone's being eliminated within the 90 seconds before somebody else comes out. But, right. um, you know, I, I think they showed Shinsuke a little bit of respect, not much, but a little bit of respect by letting him get some kicks in. But I, I kind of don't like the idea of your Intercontinental Champion getting eliminated so early. I, I think in that degree it made him look weak. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I agree to a, to a point, but, again, making it legitimate. Even So let's say they wrestled in a regular match. If everybody puts a psychology to this, in a regular match, it wouldn't have been that quick, right? It wouldn't have been that much of a squash. But let's put it back in perspective. The Royal Rumble, the whole premise is putting a guy over the top rope. If you put... Nakamura and Lesnar in there in a real life situation for somebody to throw somebody over the top rope, no questions, hands down, it would be it'd be dominant one sided. Yeah. So if people put that psychology into it, which that's kind of the, the the premise behind the match, I think it's legit. And and to your point, they did allow uh, Nakamura to actually look pretty tough because I mean he got some good shots in on Lesnar, but when it comes time to try to put somebody over the top, it was the other way. So. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of like you, though. I mean, to a degree, also, the Intercontinental Champion should be one of your tougher top guys, and they should be in there for a little while longer. So I, I can see it both ways on that one. Yeah. So um, so anyway, at this point, Lesnar has eliminated 10 guys, um, all within the 90 seconds uh, before another guy comes out. So it's you know just complete domination by Brock Lesnar. Um, and the next guy is a, a guy who's making a return to WWE MVP, and you know he came in, got a few shots, but same storyline. He he gets eliminated quickly. Um, now the next guy who comes in, I'm starting to get excited because that's Keith Lee from NXT, and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, you know what? Keith Lee just got named uh, uh, NXT North American Champion by beating Roderick Strong. Um, you know he had a good push from. Uh, War Games, and also Survivor Series. Big, strong guy, can match up with Lesnar physically. I thought, all right, this is going to get pretty good. So what, what was your take when Keith Lee hit the ring? So to jump back for a minute, I thought MVP was a good surprise, but I think that they went with the right uh, thing on him, just getting him eliminated. But he, just him showing up was, was a good pop, and I think the crowd loved it. Mm-hmm. Keith, Lee, Keith Lee, I would have liked to have seen last a little bit longer, but... I think that they actually were successful in letting him do what he did because he did score some moves, and he was actually in there uh, with who was the next guy? That the came next in? guy was, was Braun a, Strowman. So at that point, you had Keith Lee, Braun Strowman, and Lesnar in there, and I, I was right. I was excited at that point because I'm like, there are two guys in there with Lesnar that can legitimately put him over, and I don't know that Strowman had ever lost a, a, a battle royal that he had been in. Right, and I think that the story they were trying to get is that Keith Lee could get in there and mix it up with two of the main roster's bigger guys because Keith Lee actually did a good, you know, he was in there mixing it up with both of those guys for a brief stint. Mm-hmm. So, to a point, I think they sold him. I mean, I, I felt good about it. I would, Again, I would like to have seen him last longer, but I th- those two got tangled up, and then, of course, Lesnar... <laughs> To build on his character, he snuck up behind them and eliminated them while they were tangled up. So I, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. The only thing I kind of thought from a... Because, I mean, they allowed Keith Lee and Braun Strowman to come in and 
you know, get some moves in. I mean, Strowman had some uh, of his running freight trains where he just plows into people in the uh, uh, against the turnbuckle. Uh, for some reason, he, he threw Keith Lee out of the ring, but not over the ring. Or I, maybe Keith right. Lee just went out or, or something. And then Strowman, of course, has to do his run around the, the ring and knock someone over, which I thought was kind of odd. And even Corey Graves mentioned that on his broadcast. But instead of trying yeah. to team together... They they go and battle each other, which I think a Keith Lee Braun Strowman match, in a way, I think they're setting that up for WrestleMania. I I really do, because um, well we'll just go ahead and mention it now. You know, last night on um, on SmackDown, Braun Strowman defeated Shinsuke Nakamura, and he's Intercontinental Champion, which I think is a All good right. move because you know we we've talked yeah. on multiple episodes, including our year end where. We just felt that Braun needed to have a belt on him because he was really high at one point in 2019. He really didn't have that good of a year from a booking standpoint. And we're like, you know, they're just wasting him. So I'm glad to see that he is um, Intercontinental Champion. And because of that, um, and Keith Lee being the North American Champion, and that little you know prelude they've had both in the Survivor Series and in um, Royal Rumble, I'm, I think they're going to probably try to make that a run for the for WrestleMania. And I think that you are correct on that, and I think that's genius booking, because other than Brock Lesnar, who else on the main roster hasn't Braun beat up, and who else on the main roster can match up with Braun? Nobody. And I think Keith Lee, with, you know, to your point, again, back on the Survivor Series and War Games and all that, he really made a splash, man. This guy on NXT is really standing out. And with them mixing it up here in Royal Rumble, I just think it's a good, good prelude. And you can do one of those uh, old school, like like I used to like when I was a kid, champion versus champion uh, matches. And I think that that books itself, man. I, I think it's good. You got two big uh, behemoths in there, and both of them have got titles, which makes them legit. Hey, I think it's good booking. I, I hope that's what they do. Yeah, I mean that that just kind of popped into my my mind just a second ago with um with the way they um, allowed Braun Strowman to be Intercontinental Champion. And, and I felt like they needed to because, you know, at least my opinion on Shinsuke Nakamura, I'm not a huge fan of his. I mean, I think he's very talented in the ring. Um, but the bottom line is he he doesn't speak English, or at least he hasn't on the, the shows. So he can't do the promos um, that really, you know, are enticing or exciting. So that's why they put Sami Zayn with him. And, it, it, you know, he's not the biggest guy. So, like, if they brought back, like, the TV title or something, then I'd think, hey, yeah, you have him going against, like, a Miz and Robert Roode and your Dolph Ziggler's, all that. Um, I mean, that's a better matchup. But to have him and you've got a guy like Braun Strowman or Samoa Joe or, you know, some big guy out there that needs a belt it, and it's already over with the crowd. I I just don't think it made sense to me to have Shinsuke as, as a champion. But I do think they should book him because um, he's very talented and have him with some guys that can really go in the ring, even like a Chad Gable. Yes, I agree with that. And you know, even pairing back up with AJ or you know somebody on on that size level, I think that you know those two guys tear, tear the house down. And uh, yeah, Chad Gable would be a good one. I think that they could they could match up quite nicely. Uh, I, I'm in full 100% agreement on that with 
you know, Shinsuke's size and, and all that, he's not quite in the, he shouldn't be in the same ring with, with Braun Strowman and those guys competing, but you put him up against AJ and, and Chad Gable and, you know, some of those guys, I think they can really make money. I think they would be uh, good matchups and that would be good booking. Yeah. So, um, or even if they did something, you know, let's say Cesaro, you know, I mentioned Cesaro being um, in that like triple threat with uh, Sami Zayn and um, Shinsuke. I mean, even if they had some type of heel turn or a face turn for Shinsuke or a face turn for Cesaro, and he's like, you know what, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I mean, that would be a good matchup with Cesaro and uh, Shinsuke or even Sami Zayn and Shinsuke. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd like to see a triple threat with them, all three competing against each other. I think that would be a heck of a match. Yeah. So, well, anyway, uh, so Lesnar goes, he eliminates Strowman and Keith Lee. Next in at number 15 is Ricochet, um, who had, you know, a little bit of a beef going in with Lesnar uh, in the, the Raw before. So, what was your take on uh, Ricochet? Shout out to the Kentucky boy. Yeah. Hey. From he, Paducah, he from Reveland, well, where I went to yeah. high school before I moved to Marshall County. Yep. Shout out to shout out to Ricochet, man. I loved it. I thought he had a good showing. And even though he got beat up, I'll let you lead us into it. But the story that was told was very good. He had a good showing. Yeah. So, Ricochet lasted through the 90 seconds. Um, you know, didn't get eliminated. Next guy in is Drew McIntyre, which... Um, I really like the face turn of Drew McIntyre. Um, I think he's been pretty funny. Um, he's obviously got a great look, um, you know, since he's been back with WWE. I mean, great physique, um, you know, great look. And they kind of just needed a different direction for him. I, I thought they were going to do something with him and um, Randy Orton, but it was Randy Orton and um, AJ Styles having a battle. So I was kind of curious as to what they were going to do with with McIntyre because this guy kind of needed some direction but he came in and you know he was staring down Lesnar all the way there the whole time and of course you know he kind of Lesnar had already put Ricochet down and stuff but I mean McIntyre was walking to that ring with as a man on a mission and anyway so he stares down Lesnar and you know a little bit here and there and then Ricochet does a low blow and then McIntyre goes and Claymore kicks Brock Lesnar out of the ring. So he eliminates Brock Lesnar after this dominant run by Brock Lesnar. And the crowd erupts, and I thought, there it is. that He's going to win. That was my, I knew at that point um, that McIntyre was going to make a big run and something big is going to happen with McIntyre in this match. Because, I mean, you know, to eliminate Lesnar, it was a huge thing at that point. I agree a hundred percent, and I thought Ricochet got to look good out of it because he he did the little sneaky low blow that led to McIntyre eliminating him. And not to get too deep in the woods on McIntyre, but I've always been a McIntyre fan and thought that they underutilized him even way back during his first run. I, and I was a huge TNA fan. He went over to TNA. He did good. They booked him pretty well over there for a while, and then I was excited when McIntyre came back and I felt like WWE kind of let him make a big splash when he first came back and then they did what they normally do and they buried him for a while but this was huge for for McIntyre for selling his character and hey McIntyre's been in the gym he's he's fierce he's got a good character 
you know, he's matured as a individual because that was some of what got him in trouble with WWE back in the first run years ago. He was a little bit immature, but hey, he was a young guy. So I think that this was the right place, right time, and I think that the booking was perfect for him to eliminate Lesnar, and it didn't hurt Lesnar's character because Lesnar was dominant for the first 30 minutes of the match. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and I think, you know, it kind of comes to a point of when you're eliminating so many guys so early. I mean, if you eliminate a Drew McIntyre like that that early, it makes him look bad, and I think the only reason why, because I was disappointed with, with Keith Lee and Braun Strowman getting eliminated so early. I thought it made him look, in a, in a way, I thought it made him look bad because they were trying to push them up. I didn't really understand that, but the more I think about it, I really think they're going to have this Braun Strowman-Keith Lee matchup um, of the Intercontinental Champion versus North American Champion at WrestleMania, so that kind of goes along with that storyline, but... All right. I, like McIntyre didn't have a title on him, so if you like put him out that early, that makes him look weak. And they had been kind of building him up um, the past few weeks on TV. So I, I thought that was a good move. And I think also the way that Lesnar got eliminated keeps kept him strong because the only reason, in theory, he got eliminated is because he had a low blow from Ricochet and wasn't in a position to really be prepared for that Claymore kick. Right. He still looked like the monster that he is. They sold it. They they really sold Ricochet to get revenge, and they sold McIntyre to be the man that actually took out the monster. Right. So, in all, I think, I think everybody's a winner. And back to Strowman and Lee, I think that it was sellable because those two guys were tied up fighting each other, trying to go over the rope, and Lesnar was in the background letting them uh, kill each other, and then he just kind of come and scoop them over. As, yeah. as they were both trying to go over. So I think it was totally sellable. And now, you know, back to your point, again, uh, Strowman and Lee are mad at each other because they, really, it was their fault they got eliminated. Right. So and that would be the story I think going that's forward. A perfect, I think it's perfect segue, man. I think it's perfect. Yeah. So, um, so with Lesnar being out, that leaves um, Drew McIntyre and Ricochet in. And... Uh, you know, Ricochet ends up eliminating. I'm sorry, Ricochet is eliminated by Drew McIntyre. So the right. next competitor is the Miz um, coming in at number 17, and you know, Miz is in there for a decent amount of time, but he gets eliminated by Drew McIntyre. Then um, AJ Styles comes in, which I thought was a little early for AJ Styles to come in because he's still a, a high uh, high guy on the on the totem pole as far as um, wrestlers and stuff, but he's also the kind of guy that, you know, he can wrestle any any styles there. Pardon the pun. I didn't right. even mean to make that a pun, but anyway, for AJ Styles. But, it it um, fit perfectly. But anyway, so he came in, um, followed by Dolph Ziggler, and then um, Carl Anderson came in at number 20. So you had two guys from the OC in there, and, um, you know, it's starting to get more of like a normal – uh, Royal Rumble match at that point. Uh, but uh, going into number 21, we got a surprise from um, a longtime uh, WWE star, uh, 11-time champion, Edge. What did you think about Edge's return? I am the first to say I was never a huge Edge fan, but I was totally 
marked out when Edge showed up. I was completely shocked, completely surprised, and just I was pumped up to see him because I love returns like that. And to give you some history, and I think we've talked about this on one of our previous uh, shows, I was at the last WrestleMania where Edge competed. Uh, it was in Atlanta, Georgia, and literally like a week later, he had to come out and retire on live TV because of his neck injury. So I kind of have a connection with Edge, even though I was not a huge fan. I did get to see his last big pay-per-view uh, there in Atlanta. And I, I'm excited beyond uh, what I would think, you know, even of myself, that Edge made the return. I think it's simply because they told the man he would never wrestle again. Yeah. And then now, nine years later, miraculously, here is the guy delivering spears like he never missed a step. So I'm just, I get excited over return stories like that. And he got a huge pop from the crowd, too. I mean, a huge pop. Well deserved. Yeah. So I have Edge in at this point, and um, you know, just kind of as far as the 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 guys in the match and who's eliminated next. Um, so after uh, McIntyre eliminated um, Ricochet, the next guy out was Miz. But oddly enough, AJ Styles went out pretty early. AJ Styles was the seventeenth guy eliminated, and he was eliminated by Edge. But that was not planned, based on what I've read and seen. AJ Styles suffered a, a shoulder injury. Um, when he got speared by Edge and he tried to do a flip to kind of sell it more, he landed on his shoulder wrong, and so he's going to be out for a while, and so they kind of had to improvise and eliminate him um, early so he wouldn't suffer more damage. So I was surprised AJ went out, but that's the reason why. That's very unfortunate. I did not realize that. I I hate that, man. AJ is a great competitor and a good athlete. I would hate, I hate to... Uh, see anybody get injured out of that that and i was shocked i'm with you i was surprised that he went out that early but you know sometimes they gotta call it when something you know unfortunate like that happened yeah because um on um they were basically saying that he had that injury and so he was like literally like telling edge hey i'm hurt i'm hurt and so they you know edge ended up eliminating him in a way so he wouldn't uh, further injure that shoulder so that's what happened right. there Next guy in uh, is King Corbin, and then followed by Matt Riddle from NXT, the the bro character who we've talked about wrestles barefoot. Matt Riddle didn't last very long. He um, he got eliminated pretty early um, by by King Corbin, and uh, so then we have Luke Gallows coming in, Randy Orton. I'm just going to go down the rest of the list of the guys who came in, and we'll then we'll talk about the eliminations. So yeah, Luke Gallows. So at that time you had. Um, Luke Gallows, you had um, uh, Carl Anderson in, so you know got their tag teams in. Then you have Randy Orton coming in at 25, Roman Reigns at 26, Kevin Owens at 27, uh, Aleister Black at 28, Samoa Joe at 29, and Seth Rollins uh, at 30. So where we are in the eliminations, uh, you have Matt Riddle eliminated by Corbin, so you got all these guys in. Um, I know, of course, they, they focused a lot on um, the Roman Reigns-Corbin match um, in the Royal Rumble, but we'll talk about their their singles match. What was your take on their singles match to open the show with a false count in I thought, I thought it was pretty good. You're, you're, uh, we're talking about Reigns and Corbin, right? Yeah. Uh, false count anywhere. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was decent. Uh, 
Uh, I liked the the kind of old school uh, interference that we had from from Corbin's group. Uh, you know, the the match was kind of predictable is the only thing. Uh, everything that happened, that, you know, I, I kind of I, I, I sort of expected it without you know uh, something better to to a better way to put it, but. Uh, you know, where he pinned him at the end and all that kind of stuff was kind of cool. I like that. Uh, and I, I thought it was a good ending overall with Reigns winning. And I'm not, I'm, you know, as well as anybody that I'm not a big Reigns fan, but I thought that it ended up well with, uh, Reigns, uh, family coming out there, the Usos. I thought they did a good job. And, you know, they did a few things. Uh, they, they pulled a few ECW tricks out where he jumped off the top of the platform onto the whole group and, and all that, so I, I thought it was good. Overall, it was a good way to start the, the event. Yeah, well, and they almost had to start that as the number one match so that those guys who were involved in the match had time to kind of you know, recover and be ready to go in the Royal Rumble, but I, I'm like you. I thought it was, a, it was a good match. It wasn't a great match. I thought there were some lulls in there, but I thought there were a lot of high points um, as well. I, I kind of like the fact they ended up on the Houston Astro dugout to, to end the match with um, a spear from Roman Reigns, but Right, right. But I'm kind of hoping, um, you know, that they had another match last night um, on SmackDown, and um, basically they ended it with um, whoever lost had to eat dog food or covered by dog food. So, of course, Corbin <laughs> and them lost, and so they ended up dumping dog food on alleged dog food. To me, it looked more like a bowl of like chili or something in there. But anyway, they yeah. dumped they dumped it on Corbin, and I'm kind of hoping that that's the end of this rivalry because it's been going on for several months, and I mean I think it's been good. I think you know they've had opportunities where uh, Corbin, as the heel, has come in and won. Of course, they've always had cheating with uh, Robert Roode or um, Dolph Ziggler coming in, and uh, or and maybe even at one time they had the uh, well shoot um, the tag team. Um, the re- revival was a part of it for a while, but I just think yeah. it's it's kind of played out its course, and so I'm hoping with you know Roman kind of getting the upper hand and dumping the alleged dog food on uh, King Corbin that that's that's the end of that. What, what's your take on that feud? I have to give props to the writers that they finally allowed a feud to go on for a while instead of giving us this microwave. Uh, McDonald's version, Walmart version, and I guess Amazon Prime version of a feud that they've been given the last several years. I think that's what old school wrestling fans have complained about uh, for WWE. A lot of times they'll have a feud that literally lasts maybe two, three weeks, and then it, it dies off for whatever reason, and they move on. Uh, I'm with you. I'm glad that, or I'm hoping that that's uh, the, the ending of it or the cherry on top. But I'm glad that they've had a ongoing feud for quite a while. I mean, this feud has has been going on for uh, a few months now. So I I'm glad that they did it that way, and I hope that they carry that over, like the storytelling of the '80s and early '90s, where you know feuds actually did build up and they culminated in a a big event where you know they had their match at Royal Rumble, and they had this match last night with Corbin's team versus uh, Reigns' team, and then they, it ended up with the I'm with you, too, on that. I think it was chili instead of dog food, but still, regardless, Corbin ended up with uh, food on him or whatever, you know, and 
it was an embarrassing moment and he suffered defeat. So I'm hoping that's the end of it, but I think they did well with the feud. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I I think the feud, um, well, number one, I, I think it was good for Corbin because I think him getting the, the, um, the change when he went from being the, the long-haired guy, um, you know, kind of biker, the lone wolf or whatever, to being like part of management and stuff. He did a really good job, in my opinion, on that. I think he's good on the mic. I think you know, he's a good athletic big guy. But pairing him up with Reigns was, was good because it's good for both of them. you got two guys who are physically similar that can go and you know, make it believable. But it, it does help. Corbin be that good heel that, that WWE needs on the on the flip side it helps Roman Reigns by having a guy that can go in there and you can physically believe that Corbin could take it to Roman Reigns so I thought overall Absolutely. it was good I just felt like you know it was kind of the same song and dance and I think you know to your point back in the day when they had feuds I mean shoot you'd have like Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes feuds for years or you know, the Midnight Express versus Rock and Roll Express and all that. But you didn't always see those matches every week on TV. Whereas right. you're seeing that you see that every week now on, on SmackDown. So it's like after a while, I think it'll start to wear. But um, but Corbin actually didn't last too long in the, the Royal Rumble. I mean, he was in there for a decent amount of time. But he got eliminated by, a, by Drew McIntyre right after Matt right. Riddle because Corbin eliminated right. Riddle. So the next guy out was uh, Gallows, who was eliminated by Edge. Then Carl Anderson was um, eliminated by Randy Orton. And um, so then you got Ziggler, who was eliminated by Roman Reigns. Of course, you know, they allowed once Roman Reigns got in there, you had the the Zigglers and the Corbins to kind of get in on them a little bit. Um, one guy that I am kind of want your opinion on right now is Aleister Black. Um, you know, what... What's your take on him right now? Because he had that feud with um, Buddy Murphy, which I thought the matches were good. I didn't really like the booking all the time because I felt like Buddy Murphy should get more, uh, at least a win. I think he got maybe one win, maybe one win. I can't remember. Maybe he didn't get any. But, I mean, it seems like they're really giving Aleister Black a big push. But now with Buddy Murphy going over to Seth Rollins' team, like who's – who, who's Alistair going to go with unless they pair him up with um, Kevin Owens now and I guess Samoa Joe, but Samoa Joe, you know, we'll talk about a little bit more. And um, I mean, he was in this match, but he had a he suffered a concussion the next night on Raw, so he he's going to be out for a little bit, and I don't know how long. Well, for Alistair Black, I'm kind of like you. I like that little uh, feud that he had going on uh, with uh, what's his name that joined Buddy Murphy. Seth. Yeah, Buddy Murphy, I I thought that was a good feud, and I thought they were were selling it as Alistair being a legit, you know, tough guy. And, you know, Alistair and Joe kind of squared off in the Rumble, and they've got very, very similar striking styles, and, and they could pull off a very believable match. They'd be and a good, good feud against, Yeah, and, and a good feud maybe even against each other. And I think uh, Alistair had a decent showing in the rumble to be honest so i mean they're selling him quite well as, as a tough guy and as a, a tough competitor and uh now that they put buddy over aren't him and the uh seth tag team champions now yeah they're tag champions they um they got it from the viking raiders 
So, see, I think that's good for Buddy Murphy, and I think it's good for a good place for Seth Rollins to be in for right now. And, you know, it's going to be a good push and a good feud probably between Miz, Morrison, and those two for a while. And I, I think that's good booking. But, uh, you know, as far as Alistair, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what they're going to do with him. It's, and you said Joe's out for a concussion. I must have missed that. Uh, but I think that that maybe they were trying to build that up a little bit in the Rumble. I think that was going to be a good uh, segue into some matches uh, between those two guys and maybe even uh, work up a feud. So with, with Joe getting injured, that's not good news. Yeah, so um, basically what happened is after um, you know Roman Reigns eliminated Dolph Ziggler and the next guy to be eliminated was Aleister Black and then Kevin Owens, but that was after the fact. You know, Seth Rollins was already in along with Samoa Joe, so you had some battles with um, you know Seth Rollins. But when Seth Rollins came in, I mean, the AOP was around the ring along with um, Buddy Murphy, so he had his 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 group there around him, and they were interfering and things like that. And I know even Kevin Owens and um, Samoa Joe. I mean, they went under you know through the ropes, so they weren't eliminated. And they just went out and battled with the AOP. Um, right. for a little while and then um, you know battled some with uh, Buddy Murphy but at the end of the day Alistair Black got eliminated by Seth Rollins then Samoa Joe got eliminated by Seth Rollins um, and Owens so they all three got eliminated together but yet then it resulted in a fight basically with um, you know the AOP and Buddy Murphy and so that's why I was sitting there thinking I'm like okay they've, they're going to put Alistair Black on the team on on the side with Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe, so that way you've, you're trying to even the numbers here, and um, right. so with, and I don't know how long Samoa Joe be out because what happened is on the following Monday night, this past Monday, you know they had a tag match with um, Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe versus Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy for the title, and it was interesting because Kevin Owens came out and you know they had AOP in the back and uh, the Viking Raiders. Went and they attacked the um, the AOP back in the men's locker room. So I'm like, okay, well, so that's maybe a plan for the Viking Raiders to be a part of it. This as well to kind of you know counteract Seth Rollins and his his group of guys. But um, anyway, what happened in that match is Samoa Joe did a suicide dive through the ropes and he landed hard on the outside and he, he hit his head. And uh, so they. They forced him. He had to go back, and so they kind of had to build that into the storyline just on the fly there, and it became a handicap match with Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy versus Kevin Owens. But um, later they re they uh, revealed that uh, Samoa Joe had a concussion, so I don't know how long he'll be out, whether it be a, a week or two weeks or whatever. So that's why I think Aleister Black's going to – He's going to be pairing with Kevin Owens, I think. I, th I think they almost have to. And then they can include the Viking Raiders in, in that foursome as well. So that way you got four um, heels and four uh, faces. That That's my... Yeah, that, I agree. That would make for two good factions uh, right there. Uh, and I think previously I made a bad call where I said Miz and uh, Morrison would fight Rollins and them, but Miz and Morrison are over on SmackDown, right? Yeah, and they're they're so, the battle of the yeah, new they, day. Yeah, they would never cross over. So I I made a bad call on that, but that would make for a good match if they could ever work it in. <laughs> well, I think they almost have to do that because you know we like we talked in a prior episode when we were talking tag teams and the the Viking Raiders. 
other than um, Gallows and Anderson and then Private Party, um, there aren't any other tag teams right now who are real like real tag teams. I mean, they put Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins together. Um, so they've almost got to have the Viking Raiders on the side with Kevin Owens in this battle with um, Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy and the AOP. Because otherwise, right. what storyline are they in? Because with AJ Styles being out for who knows how long, I don't know what the position is going to be with Gallows and Anderson. Because um, I know, uh, you know, I, I just don't know. And um, it's, it'll be interesting to see how that develops. So, so that happened. And what who was left? It was Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, Edge, uh, Roman Reigns, and Drew McIntyre. And so basically, at that point. You know, they all kind of ganged up on Rollins, and he was trying to, uh, you know, get Roman Reigns to pair up with him and be on his side. But ultimately, they they turn on Rollins and eliminate him, and we're down to a final four of Orton, Edge, Reigns, and McIntyre. So, I'll let you kind of take it from there. Your your thoughts on how this thing ended? So, the way that I I love seeing Edge and Orton together. I thought that was a good, cool little reunion. Uh, you know, with the rated R uh, tag team, I, I I thought it was good. Uh, I love the fact that they and, and I was with you when as soon as I saw Drew McIntyre eliminate Lesnar, I was thinking, man, he could possibly win this thing, and because he's the guy that eliminated Lesnar, he might win it. Well, that stared at him afterwards, right? And as the match went on, I was like. So either he's going to win or they're going to build him. He and Lesnar are going to have a feud. And, you know, hey, McIntyre's a sellable guy to have a feud with Lesnar. Mm-hmm, he and, is. And, I, and I, the whole time I was thinking, man, they really need to do this because McIntyre needs this push and he deserves it. He's, he's a big, strong athlete and he is believable. So uh, either way, I felt like we were going to win as fans, whether McIntyre got the win uh or, you know, just him knocking Lesnar out and then kind of taunting him afterwards. And, of course, Heyman was selling it by looking up with, a, you know, a big surprise look and, and all that. So uh, either they could have let somebody else win and choose a different champion and maybe book Lesnar and McIntyre against each other, or, you know, McIntyre was going to win, in which he did. And I thought the way that it happened was great. Uh, I didn't think anybody lost face out of that last uh, uh, several competitors. And uh, McIntyre winning, I mean, you may think differently. I don't know. We we can make that part of this discussion. I feel like he'll challenge Lesnar. I think he will, too. And honestly, he might win. Because yep. um, I think, well, because the way it got uh, the order was eliminated, it was um, Randy Orton and Edge. It looked like that they were gonna, you know, team up and uh, well, there was kind of some trickery going on there. It was like, well, was Orton gonna double cross <laughs> Edge and you know, could he trust right. him and this and that? And uh, so I, I like that part. And ultimately, Edge ended up throwing Orton over. So, but I, I like the trickery, and right. it led to the following Monday. You know, Edge made a return on on Raw, and Orton came right. out and gave him a big hug. And it was like, hey, you know, I'd like to give this another shot and this and that. And then he attacks Edge. I mean, brutally attacks Edge. So right. so it's setting up a WrestleMania run with um, Orton and Edge, which I think is going to be a very good matchup. Um, I actually bought Absolutely. my WrestleMania tickets this week, so I'm excited. So that's going to be a good match. 
so then at the final two, um, you know, Roman Reigns ended up uh, eliminating Edge, which was kind of unique because you had two guys whose finishing moves are the spear. But uh, Roman right. Reigns goes over there, which I thought was still the right move um, from a booking standpoint. And then you got Roman Reigns and McIntyre, which I liked because those guys had battled before. But ultimately, McIntyre wins. He throws Roman Reigns over, and I thought it was completely the right booking move for a couple of reasons. First off, you had McIntyre as the guy who beat Lesnar. And when they had the stare down like that, I mean, like we mentioned earlier, you knew there was going to be some type of match. But the fact right. of the matter is, the with McIntyre winning the Rumble, that gives him more momentum in that match against Lesnar um, than if he had just been the guy to eliminate Lesnar and ended up losing the Rumble. McIntyre doesn't right. have as much uh, of a push. And he needs that push. So I thought it was a great moment. Um, and I fully expected Roman Reigns to go very deep in this because um, you know he's going to have a high-profile match and uh, uh, probably for a, a, a title, probably the, the SmackDown title, or I guess the Universal title. But... Um, you know that I thought it was good booking, um, and overall I thought the 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 men's Royal Rumble was really good. At first I was kind of like you know this the way Lesnar was just eliminating people. I thought it made the other guys look bad, but when Michael Cole made that comment about hey, you know what, it's just showing the dominance of Brock Lesnar, then I'm like yeah, you know what, it made a whole lot more sense. So overall I gave it an A. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent, and you know. Uh, I hate to keep quoting Corey Graves because he's not one of my favorite commentators, but yeah, I agree with that. He, he made the comment that this was like two different Royal Rumbles in one, and he was a hundred percent right. And it, and it was entertaining on both ends. I loved it yeah. because once Lesnar went out, it was like a whole other match. Yeah. So I, I loved it. I thought they did excellent with the Royal Rumble. It, it was better, way better than last year's. And probably two or three years before that, I think that they did they did it right this time, and they really got me into it. So they accomplished that much, and I'm a very cynical fan these days. So I think they made the right moves, and the ending was perfect, and I think it's going to be a good match. If they go the route, I think they're going to go. I think it'll be a good little little feud and a good WrestleMania match between those two, and it'll be believable. So, well, and you know, I saw um, uh, an article on um, on the internet where they were saying that I guess um, WWE is planning a, um, a thing over in England more, uh, like even with British TV or whatever. So that was kind of maybe another reason why they'd want to book Drew McIntyre because with him being European, uh, I don't know. I mean, that that seems to make a lot of sense. You know, that's why um, Jinder Mahal got his title. When they were making that big sure. push in India and stuff, so I don't know. I, I personally think Drew McIntyre is just a guy who he has the right look. He he needs to be pushed, um, or else he goes by the wayside. And I think it's just an overall good match with Lesnar. But it wouldn't surprise me for Lesnar to end up losing that because you know it's believable he could lose to McIntyre, and especially if they're going to do this like European run or or something like that. But who knows? We'll see. I think right now Brock Lesnar is – he sells no matter where he's at. I think Brock Lesnar is as good now as he has maybe ever been. 
and he, maybe he's not as athletic as he was when he first started because I know he was jumping off the you know doing flips off the bat but I've got to give Brock Lesnar his props his matches have been good um, you know the past year and a half really um, I mean he can go with a guy like AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan just as easily as he can go with a big guy so I think he's and I certainly think I enjoy watching his matches more than The Fiend with Bray Wyatt. You know, some people would disagree oh, yeah. with that, but I, I would rather watch Brock Lesnar in there. And to piggyback off what you said earlier, a lot of that has to do with legitimate character development. Lesnar is finally not like a a robot in there with no personality. He's actually got a personality and, you know, like you were talking about with him carrying the <laughs> the briefcase like a, a 80s jam box, you know. And then last night, or not last night, but on the Royal Rumble, if you watched it closely, a lot of times when he was sitting there waiting for somebody to come in, he had, he was grinning from ear to ear when somebody would walk down. Yeah. And then... When Shelton Benjamin was walking down, he totally sold it because he was like, oh, my God, my buddy, you know. And he was, like, totally making good expressions and all that and sold that whole uh, emotion. So I feel like, you know, Lesnar's character development has is coming along to be much more entertaining. And that's, hey, that's what they're in the business to do. So yeah. I, I think we're getting there. So um, overall, I thought it was, it was really good. I think from store. The storylines that are coming out of this are, um, obviously we've talked about Drew McIntyre versus um, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania for the the Raw Championship, which I think is going to be a really good match. Um, you know, we're going to have the Seth Rollins team feud with him and Buddy Murphy and the AOP versus Kevin Owens. We think Aleister Black would join it only make the most sense, and the Viking Raiders, I guess, now until Samoa Joe gets back, but... Yeah, I think that's a good feud. I think um, I think Seth Rollins is a good heel. I think he does a good job of getting under your skin, and I think it's a good move for guys like the AOP and Buddy Murphy because those guys kind of needed to have a push and direction, especially Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy is really good in the ring, so I, I like that faction, and I think Kevin Owens is always great. So, I, what what's your take on that battle? So I, I think that's a good. Uh, I think that's a good battle. I think the the booking there could be phenomenal if they handle it correctly, uh, and I think it'll be highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like WWE programming and maybe the writers are finally listening to the fans, or maybe they're listening to little known podcasts like our own because you know I, I find when I listen to some other podcasts talking about wrestling that we are very similar to. Or our our outlook is very similar to a lot of other people. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I did finally take your advice and listen to. Uh, oh man, or Cornette! Uh, I listened to Cornette's take on on some stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, a, a lot of what he says obviously is more animated than what we how we present it. But the end message is the same. So mm-hmm. I feel like WWE is finally booking a lot better. Yeah, and you know. It- I was just kind of looking at the guys on the the raw roster and you know um, things of that nature. A guy like Ricochet, I'm not real sure what his direction is right now because I'm looking at the raw roster and you've got Rey Mysterio who's a face. 
Well, with Andrade being out, Andrade got suspended for some type of wellness violation. So, I mean, Andrade. Yeah, I read that. So he's going to be out. So you've got a, a United States champion that is basically going to be out for 30 days. So I guess that's no Umberto Carrillo, um, which I think I think he's very talented. But you got a lot of guys in Raw who are faces. So you got Rey Mysterio, you got Umberto Carrillo, you got um, Ricochet, you've got Ali. I think Ali is st- no Ali is uh, SmackDown, but. I'm like, well, who are these guys going to battle now? Because when you've got the whole Seth Rollins group in there, um, and now you've got Samoa Joe as a face, until even though he's out, but you got Kevin Owens. I don't know who Rey Mysterio and um, uh, shoot Ricochet and, the, and those guys go against, but I tell you one thing I wouldn't mind seeing is just a straight Rey Mysterio-Ricochet wrestling match because I think that would be fantastic. That would be highly entertaining, and that would take us back to the days of the cruiserweight division in WCW, or even the X division in TNA, uh, where you know where those two organizations actually did handle those uh, what what I call cruiserweights very well. And WWE has the opportunity to do it right here, right now, with all this talent they could make. I, I'm saying they should do a cruiserweight division. And put those guys in it and maybe come up with a cruiserweight belt. You know, we were doing 205 Live or whatever, and that kind of fizzled out. I mean, are we even doing that anymore? I think that's over, isn't it? I, I think they still do it, um, but it's on. Um, it's just on the internet. But the thing about it is, though, is they just don't have... They, they just don't really have the guys that have the personalities. It's And, I, you know, I was, like, I, was, I was talking to somebody the other day. There's so much wrestling on now... I'm like I'm just trying to keep up with it just for this podcast, but like I'm behind on my AEW, I'm behind on NXT because I don't have time to watch ten hours of wrestling a week, you know, and still go to the gym and all that. Um, I'm with you, man. I never thought I would have to take notes. Yeah. So <laughs> to do this, but. you know, unless they do, I guess with um, you know, I, I'm just going to be interested to see what the booking is because now you've got um, Anderson and Gallows who are, you know, without AJ Styles for a while, well, who are they going to battle against? I mean, the, the obvious choice would be, um, oh, the guys, the the, the duo, um, gosh, um, they say, you know, they want the smoke. Uh, Angelo Dawkins and, um, oh, shoot, they're really good. Uh, private part. Oh, yeah. No, it's not private, yeah, private party. party. That's AEW. Uh, it's, um, maybe it is private party. Anyways, I, I I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah, they're really, really good. Um, it's, God, I cannot remember that other guy's name because Angelo Dawkins is the um, the bigger guy, and um, but they're really good on the mic. Um, you know, the, the smaller guy is, um, I mean, he is really athletic. He can jump out of the gym. So, I mean, they've got to have a match, and I guess you know, putting them with Gallows and Anderson makes the most sense. So that way, you're keeping all those guys relevant. Um, so right, and you've got you've got tag team champions that at any moment Gallows and Anderson can be booked to to uh, challenge for that. I mean, so you know that that would be a good mix up right there between yeah. it's a street Gallows profits. and Anderson and Rollins and and the, the other guy. So yeah, it's a, it's a street profits. Um, it's Angelo Dawkins and uh, Montez Ford. That's it, street profits. Yeah. You're right, and Montez Ford. I mean. 
we haven't really talked about them that much, but man, that guy's athletic. Now he's not really that big, but um, he when he jumps over the top rope, I mean, he gets extremely high, and they're they're funny, they're good on the mic. So, you know, I'd like to see them paired up with Gallows and Anderson because what they don't need to do, in my opinion, is make Gallows and Anderson afterthoughts like what was done for several months before they paired him up with AJ Styles again. Right. So, anyway, yeah, and uh, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. Angelo Dawkins, I'm looking here, he's six foot five, two sixty. Montez Ford is six one, two thirty two. But it looks like he's uh, bigger than that. And you know, I, I really would like to see them do like a Ricochet Rey Mysterio match because I just think that that would be a match where the wrestling fans you don't really have to have a heel versus a a face. It's just like two really good matches, and I think that would go over real well. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, well, transitioning now, uh, we'll be a little bit brief on this um, this match. It was the, the championship match for the Universal Championship with The Fiend and Daniel Bryan in a strap match. It's a very physical match. What was your take on that one? So, I'm a fan of the strap match because that takes it back old school. And WWE hasn't done anything like that in quite a while, so I think it was a good mix-up uh, for something entertaining. It was a good, you know, that's always a good way to add to a feud that's been going on for a while. And, of course, uh, Daniel Bryan and The Fiend or Bray Wyatt, or how you want to look at it, have been having this feud. And actually, this isn't the first time they've had a feud, so this has been, you know, a culmination of an old feud plus the new feud, you know, mixed in with uh, the old. So I think it, it was a good idea. It was good booking. It was brutal. Uh, I, overall, I liked the match just because it was something different and it was entertaining. It was very violent and it was very old school, which is my, you know, right up my alley. I like the, the matches that pay tribute to the, the old 80s matches. So I felt like it was good. Overall, I thought it was very good. Yeah, but I tell you, Daniel Bryan, he he took a beating in that match. I mean, because the Fiend, you know, he has on this outfit that, I mean, he's really got a shirt on to protect him. I mean, Daniel Bryan didn't have that. I mean, there were just whelps all over him. Right, so, right. We'll see. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Bryan didn't wear, because I've seen Daniel Bryan wrestle in a T-shirt before and leave it on. I'm surprised that he didn't go that route with that. Cause, but I guess that would have taken away from the effect because... <laughs> Man, at the end of that match, his back was welped up and 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 bleeding in some spots. So, yeah, uh, it was very violent. Well, even on SmackDown last night, um, you know, they were talking about the fact that he, when he went home with his family, according to storyline at least, um, you know, his wife Brie Bella wouldn't even allow him to show his injuries to his daughter, and the daughter was wanting to see it, and you know, so I don't know where, where they go with Daniel Bryan, and the reason why I say that right now. Is because what I'm seeing on online is that Roman Reigns would go and battle the Fiend for the Universal Title at WrestleMania, which makes all the sense in the world right now. Because based on last night, it makes it seems like that that feud with uh, King Corbin would be over. So I, I think that would be a good match. But then, you know, what do you do with Daniel Bryan? Do you? Uh, leave him a face, and he, I think something with him and Corbin would be very interesting, because Corbin's going to have to have somebody matched up with 
to be matched up with, and I'm not real sure who that is at the moment. Um, because it's interesting, if you look at the Raw roster, they've got an overabundance of faces. But uh, you look at the SmackDown roster, they've got an overabundance of heels. Because, I mean, you got Robert Roode and uh, Dolph Ziggler that were, they were in the tag team. Well, now they're not a part of, uh, they're part of King Corbin's thing. Well, all right, well, who does King Corbin go against? Because if Reigns is not his opponent, well, your faces, you've got um, Daniel Bryan. You've got um, Strowman, which I don't think that's going to happen. Or, or maybe it is, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is until they eventually get to a Keith Lee um Braun Strowman match at uh, WrestleMania. I mean, that that would be an interesting match, him and Strowman. But um, you know, you got a guy like Ali that he wasn't even in the Royal Rumble, and so right. and, and he's very talented. So, what what do you think about the direction of some of these guys right now as we head to the road to WrestleMania? I think that they could sell Corbin and Strowman because Corbin is a big athletic guy, mm-hmm. but but. Corbin has the uh, X factor with the little crew that he's running with. So I think that that could be, you know, maybe Corbin pulls off a couple of upset victories, maybe not for the belt, but uh, upset victories over uh, Strowman because of outside interference and and things like that with his little uh, group that he runs with, his little gang. So I think that they could make that believable and sellable, and they could turn that into a decent storyline, at least as a filler for a few months in between now and WrestleMania, because there's still several months between now and WrestleMania. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think that they could actually pull that off. But I'm with you. It seems like there's an overabundance of faces on Raw and an overabundance of heels on SmackDown. So it's like, what, you know, what? how are they going to book this? How are they, you know? How are they going to tell the stories there? Because you're running out of faces on SmackDown and you're running out of heels on Raw. Do you do a crossover, or you know how how are they going to make that work? Well, another guy who's you know back on the scene is Sheamus, um, and you know he's a big guy. They could and he's a heel character right now. I mean, maybe there's a pairing with with him and um, and Braun Strowman. Those would be good matches. But the more I thought about it, I, and, and like you said, you've got. You know, several months, well, a couple of months until you get to WrestleMania. Um, I, I kind of, and they're going to keep, they're going to keep Corbin hot. I think. I mean, they've put too much into him to, to let him go and be just kind of a mid card guy in this whole King thing. I mean, it doesn't make sense to not have your King as one of the top guys. So I, I could see him challenging um, Braun Strowman, and I think that would be that would be a good feud. And it'd be a great intercontinental battle. That yeah. would be a great battle for for that belt. Well, and another thing, you know, I hope I hope they keep the belt on Strowman for a while, but if you think about it, I don't think Corbin's held a title uh, since he's been in WWE. I mean, he won the King of the Ring, um, right. and he won um, the Money in the Bank, but he didn't cash in on the championship. Uh, he he was, like, one of the few guys, like him and Braun Strowman, or the only two guys I can think of who lost, who won Money in the Bank, but then didn't become champion. Right. That so, that would be That's interesting. very rare. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm actually gonna um, decide we're gonna do this episode a little bit different because one of my goals um, for 2020 was to try to keep episodes around an hour, an hour and a half. So what I'm gonna do is we can take a quick break, 
and uh, you'll close this show, and then you and I, we're going to record a separate show where we discuss the women, because <clears throat> there's a lot to talk about in women women's wrestling right now, and to give that um, Royal Rumble match its due, so what I'm going to do is close this show, and uh, then we'll come back on, we'll record another show for uh, Royal Rumble for the women. So, all right. All right, so... Everyone, thanks so much for listening to this recap of the men's Royal Rumble matches and where we think um, the WWE is going as we head on the road to WrestleMania. So join us next week where you'll be hearing our episode recap of the women's Royal Rumble and where we think the women's division is going to be going as we head on the road to WrestleMania. So thanks so much for listening and have a great day.